thankful for what he does and um, just glad to be in his presence glad to be in this house tonight God's able to do anything and uh, we're thankful that uh, he watches out for us every day I love living this life love living for the Lord and I love being in his house and being with his people God's so good to us tonight we want to. We do want to. Before we get into the lesson, we had some that had called and uh, ones that were were needing prayer tonight. And um, uh, Sister Crystal uh, Fortner, she has pulled her back out. She said can't hardly move and a lot of pain. And asked that we would remember her tonight. And and then of course we're going to be praying for continue for Brother Josh. They're going to change some of his treatments up. And I think do something completely different. I had a pretty good talk with him today and. Some things need to work out, and the doctors feel like this is a better plan. And so uh, let's believe that, and let's ask God to have his hand in it. And then, of course, for Brother Paul and for Sister Kristen as well, that God will continue healing in their life. I believe that he will. I believe that he's going to, to do that. We're going to see some great things. And um, just trust in God. He's a healer. He is a healer. That has not changed. And I just uh, feel like that uh, we're just going to, uh, see healing in his name i believe we're going to see it so tonight let's lift our hands and if you've got a need just call it out to the lord he can take care of it but let's lift our hands and pray for those in our church that are sick tonight precious jesus tonight we give you honor we love you and lord we want to see healing for our brothers and sisters tonight god that you would touch them and strengthen them tonight move this pain Lord, rebuke this cancer tonight, and Lord, just give them comfort and peace like only you can give. Lord, bless all that we do in this place tonight, and let it be pleasing to you. We're going to praise you for it, God. We thank you for it, God. We ask it tonight in the precious name of Jesus, and everyone said amen. Hallelujah. Let's just worship the Lord for a moment. Thankful for the blood of Jesus. And it Gives me strength from day to day to. 
Thank the Lord. You know, there's some, I believe there's some songs that never lose their power too. <laughs> when you, if you, the blood won't lose its power when you sing about it, it, I tell you, those songs don't lose their power. Some of those old songs that we, we don't sing them every Sunday like we used to, but whenever you hear them, man, it stirs up something inside of you that you just remember get what got you here. And I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus tonight. Um, let me make this announcement. I meant to do this at the beginning. Um, there's going to be uh, a benefit for, um, for Brother Jason, Jenny, Paul, and Sabrina Vaughn. Um, they're going to be selling uh, either Boston Buck or turkeys. They're going to smoke these. And um, they're going to start selling the tickets on Sunday. And if you, the Boston Butts are 35 dollars uh, or $40 with sauce, or you can get a turkey smoked for $40. And they'll uh, pick these up on November the 17th or November the 21st. So two pickup dates, that's right. And um, so November 17th and November 21st is when they'll be able to be picked up. So you could get one right before Thanksgiving and have that for any dinners or things you've got. And it's going to help these families because with everything they've been going through, it's, it, it puts a hit on you. So we're, we're glad that we can help out with this. And, and let me tell you, these guys can cook. So you're not going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a, a $35 well spent. I promise you that. All right. Uh, good to see you. You can be seated tonight. I would, you've been standing for a while. You can be seated and um, remind some of our young people that are in here that the youth are already in their class. So if you were, were planning on being there, you can head that way. Um, if not, you're here, and I've got you for the next little bit. So, uh, And uh, we're glad to be here. Last week we talked about, um, I'm ringing just a tad. I got some echo or something going on here i don't i don't need any kind of embellishments on my voice <laughs> so if that's the right word whatever it is y'all call that special features or something yeah auto-tune but um last week we we got into talking about practice makes perfect as far as our life with god and that um if we're going to be good out there we've got to get good in here and make sure that we're taking care of what we're supposed to do in here so we can put it to practice out there. This is where you learn. This is where you're, you're training, and you will perfect what you're learning in here outside these four walls. And um, so uh, I want to be the best that I can be for God. I want to be the best I can be for the church that I pastor. I want to be my best for the kingdom that uh, I can make a, an impact somewhere that uh, lives will be changed and people will be touched. That's going to happen starting in here. Practice makes perfect. Mm -hmm. Tonight we're going to talk about something that uh, it cannot be uh, done without. You can't serve God without this, though I think many do or try anyway. Uh, there's some things that just you've got to have. Uh, you can't call yourself his without it, I don't believe. And that is... Uh, Scripture, oh, good old Scripture, the Word, the Bible. And there's a lot of people who go to church, Brother Larry, but they don't read their Bibles. They don't study 
But the Bible teaches me that I should study to show myself approved unto God. Uh, God disapproves of me when I am out of his will and not living in his ways. I learn his will and I learn to live in his ways when I am in his word. Uh, You can't know about God and learn about God. You can't grow in God without the word. You can attend a church and even be a member of a church, but uh, that word is going to have to be there if you're going to be his. And so... Uh, we're going to talk tonight about the path of Scripture. And you can believe that Scripture puts you on a path. If you, uh, it starts you out. Uh, you're, you're beginning with God. You, you say, well, it's my belief in Him. Where do you think that came from? That came from Scripture. You don't even get to say, I believe in God, if, if He hadn't already put it in His Word that you must believe. <laughs> you can say, you know, it don't even enter your mind. You realize that nobody would even be talking about, I believe in God or I believe in Jesus if he hadn't put it in his word, except you believe. And he that believeth and is baptized. You know, all these things, none of this would even, we would even be doing these things if it wasn't for the word. And so the very basic part of our walk with him starts because of the word. Uh, as great as Peter was, his walk started with Jesus' his word, follow me. That's how Peter got to where the keys were. That's how Peter got to where revelations were. And that's how Peter got to Pentecost, preaching the message that changed the world, simply by uh, hearing, obeying mm-hmm. two words, follow me. And so if we think that we're going to do it any other way, if we're going to skate by without the word of God, or create our own word it's going to be by his word that we get there if we're going to be on the path that straight and narrow let me tell you it is the gate opens and it is paved with the word we're on the word and god called us to be saints called us to be disciples to be righteous and and so we have to be full of that scripture and we have to look to scripture as our guide if we're going to be what he wants us to be. If we think we're going to make it to heaven, it won't be on our own merits and it won't be on our own ideas. It will be according to way, the way that Scripture says you will get there. And so tonight we're going to talk about, since we're on this theme of practice makes perfect, I think that's one thing people ought to be practicing is the Word of God. Not just, you know, more than just reading it. Practicing it. More than just hearing it, practicing it. You can hear something and not, never obey it. It won't do you any good. You'll never reap the benefits of it if you don't uh, put it into practice. So Second uh, Timothy, Paul writing, gave a lot of great instruction to this young man. In Second Timothy three sixteen and 17, he said, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, throughly furnished unto all good works. I didn't mispronounce that. It is throughly furnished. I have said many times, quoting it, thoroughly furnished. Of course, it means thoroughly furnished. But just reading it, I thought my Bible was misprinted. I was like, wait a second. It's supposed to be thoroughly furnished. It's Truly furnished. Uh, 
unto all good works. Psalm 119 and 133 says this, Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Would you pray with me for the lesson right now? Lord, thank you for your word, for what it gives us, how it inspires us, how it helps us, how it saves us. Lord, tonight, let us receive it into good ground so we can grow and be changed and be better and surely be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. What a great God. What a great God. And thank you, darling. Beautiful singing tonight. Thankful for my partner. So, Scripture. I hear people say sometimes, well, uh, and even me and my wife were talking about this just the other day. And is Some people say, well, you know, I, I'm just not a reader. I love coming to church, but, I, you know, I, I just I got a Bible, but I'm just not a reader. You better learn. <laughs> you know, because you may never sit under a preacher long enough to hear all the scripture that can be preached. Um, I think that, you know, today there are ways to, uh, with technology, that you can get the word in you uh, without having to just simply read. You can have it audible where you can listen to it as you're reading. That will help you. But um, some of the greatest times I have enjoyed living for God has been when I have been reading his word. Yeah, yeah. Ro, if you want to go to the youth, they're already out. If you want to go up there, I see some of these young people coming in. Sorry. So, but I, I have been times where I was just reading and studying and looking, and before I knew it, an hour Two hours has passed, and, and I've got notes here, notes there, and books open here, and books open there. And it's just like your brain's just exploding. You're like, man, this is so good. Yeah. It's something about uh, the word brings, I believe it brings joy. Yes. I believe it was John said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. His word is truth. And, uh, you know, they could walk and be in, you know, you say, well, they're moral, they're kind, they're they're, you know, respectful. Well, that's great, but uh, truth. I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth in God's word. So the word brings a lot of joy, and uh, we are children of the word. The Bible says we are born again. Jesus said, "You must be born again, and except you're born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven." We must be born again. But just like the natural man can experience the being born into this world, he may never learn anything. You know that it's possible to have a child and never teach it anything. Don't teach it to talk. Keep Feed it. Keep it alive. But never teach it to walk, don't teach it to talk, don't teach it to do anything, don't talk, don't talk to it, don't speak to it. And it could live, it could, you could feed it, it could grow, and not, no, it, it would just be a shell of what it could be because nothing is going into it. And that happens in church, unfortunately, more than it should in new birth. 
uh, people experience the initial act of being born again, and then they never learn how to live for God. We are born again. That's what Peter wrote, 1 Peter 1.23. He said, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And so I am born again by the word of God because the new birth is listed in the word. If you're going to be born again, it's by the word that Jesus said, by water and by spirit. That's how we're born again. There's no other way to do it. We don't get to change it. When Peter wrote this, he said, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, by the word of God which lives and abides forever. The word incorruptible, it means it's undecaying in essence or continuance. In other words, what the word says about being born again cannot be changed. It's undecaying. It doesn't cease. It doesn't lose its power, its credibility, or its authority no matter what century we're in. It doesn't lose translation according to what denomination you claim. Being born again can only happen by the word, and the word says you can only be born again by water and by spirit. By being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is undecaying in essence or continuance. That means as long as this world goes, whether I'm here or not or whether you are here or not, and whether anybody's preaching it or not, it will still mean what it means and will still have to be obeyed the way he spoke it because his words are forever settled in heaven and they don't change. That word is going to endure forever. Now, how many people say, I want to live forever? That's the whole thing about being born again. Well, let me tell you, unless you get something that endures forever and abides forever in you, what makes you think you're going to live forever? How can I want eternal life and ignore the eternal word? Oh, I want to go to heaven and see all my loved ones and spend eternity with them. But you never once have digested or ingested that eternal word of God. We've got to have the scripture. You can't, you can't get there without it. Jesus said this in Matthew 4 and 4. He said, this is how important the word is. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You can be healthy, you can be strong, and you can eat three meals a day. But you will not live a life for God without his word. You cannot live for Jesus without his word. You will not get to heaven without his word. You cannot be holy without his word. You can't be saved without his word. You can't do signs, wonders, or miracles without his word. And so... It proceed, anything that proceeds out of God's mouth is what I will live by. In other words, that will be my path. We started out with the scripture that Paul wrote to Timothy. All scripture is given by inspiration. The word inspiration there means divinely breathed by God. 
So that's the same thing Jesus just said. Anything that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Anything that is divinely breathed by God. So all scripture, this, these two scriptures, it, uh, two things. Before it ever starts talking about the man, it describes what the word is for. All scripture, number one, is given by inspiration. It comes from God, divinely breathed of God. And now, that divinely breathed word is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? Here's the purpose. That the man of God or the woman of God or the child of God may be perfect or complete, truly furnished unto all good works. That phrase, furnished unto all good works, or truly furnished means to equip fully as by a teacher. In other words, he's saying that you have to be taught, and it has to be by the word. It has to, if, if a man is teaching you in church, but he's not teaching you from the word, then he is not teaching you. He is not equipping you. He is not helping you to be complete. He is not helping you to be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so people think, well, I, I can make it without the word. You cannot. He said, Scripture is for the man of God so he can be complete. So when he needs to be uh, reproved, that is for perfection. Whenever the word gets on you or corrects you, it is so that you can be complete. Not to embarrass you, humiliate you, or drive you off. It is to get you complete, to make you perfect. When it's instructing you in righteousness, it's to make you perfect. And all of it is given by or divinely breathed by God. That's why I am so big about staying in the Scripture. Uh, I don't mind reading books, things like that, that people have written to get some ideas about things. But when it comes down to how am I going to be saved, how am I going to get better, how am I going to help anybody, I don't have to look any farther than this book. Because this book will help you to be thoroughly furnished or it will equip you fully to all good works. I want to know how to help somebody. Look in here. Now, again, I'm not against just reading other things like, but there's some people that read more books than they do Bible. And you better be careful, especially when you get out reading things that people who don't have the right foundation. I'm not saying they can't have inspiration or even have some nice and great things, even some insightful things to say, but you better be careful about hanging your hat on somebody who is not on the foundation. You better be careful about building your walk on somebody's preaching that they're not on the right foundation. Because not only is the word good for reproof, correction, instruction, but it is profitable for doctrine. And Paul told Timothy, he said, you make sure you pay attention to the doctrine because it will help save you. And Paul told, or he wrote to the church in Ephesus, he said that there's a five-fold ministry given for the perfecting or the completion of the saints so that they're not tossed about with every wind of doctrine. People say, I don't like talking about doctrine in church. Well, then you won't be saved without it. Doctrine will save you. We need that doctrine. And so uh, 
as a man or woman or child or saint of God, if I want to be complete, I need the divinely breathed word of God. Not just I need to read it, but I need it preached to me because faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word. And how shall they hear without a preacher? You need a preacher to preach righteousness to you, correction to you. He preach things to lift you up too. He don't need to beat you with a rod or a stick. He needs to, to preach love and mercy. He needs to preach all the things the Scripture has, but he must preach Scripture. And I'll say it again, that the Word is eternal. It's ageless. It does not go out of style. And so when people start saying, well, it's a new age, I don't have to follow some of the things I used to follow. That's not the truth. If it got you where you are, why do you leave it behind? Uh, you know, Jesus, I can see Peter having this conversation with Jesus. Hey, I've been following you for about two years now. I think I'm good. I've just, you know, I've seen plenty of miracles. I've walked on water with you. Yeah, I've watched you feed multitudes and cast out devils. I, I got this. And plus, you've already given me the keys. I think I'll just, I think I'll strike out on my own. Because I'd like to, you, you cramping my style a little bit. That's the way people are doing today. Well, holiness is cramping my style. And, and uh, living by the word is cramping my style. And I can't have a huge church if I preach the word or if I, I preach against sin. And, and, and if I just don't let everybody come in and do what they want, won't nobody stay. That's the world we live in. But let me tell you something. There's, there's other things that are more important. And being saved is one of them. And being able to actually shine a light. Because let me tell you, you can put, put, put his name on your t-shirt and still not shine a light. You can have his name hanging off your keychain and still not shine a light. You can have him on your bumper sticker and still not shine a light. And let me tell you, you won't shine a light without the word. Got to have the word to let that light shine. Because what, what is the, the light really about? Is it, it ain't like I open my mouth and, oh, it's like a flashlight coming on. The light is a life of good works. Let your light, therefore, so shine before men that they may see your good works and then glorify your Father in heaven. What did he just say about the word? All scriptures given by uh, inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That, that word, the entrance, the scripture says, I know I wrote that down somewhere, uh, Psalm 119 and 130, he said, the entrance of thy words giveth light. And that, that don't just mean like a light bulb. Again, he said that it gives understanding to the simple. That's how people know there is a God when we are living like him and following him and, and practicing and walking the path of Scripture. People say, why do you live like that? Because it's in the Bible. People say, why do y'all do that? Why do y'all dance before the Lord? Because it says we can praise him in the dance, so we dance. Why do you play instruments and music in your church? Because it says to praise him on the stringed instruments and organs and the cymbals. And, and why do you lift your hands? Because it says that men ought to, to pray lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. And, and, and so we, we, everything we do, we have scripture for it. And we're very careful to rightly divide it so we don't twist it for our own thing. And Because I don't want to do that. But let me tell you, I am not going to back off of Scripture that saved me and, and called me out of darkness and changed my life and put me on the right path. 
I'm not going to change the, the things that, that got me here. I want to live that way. I want to practice scripture. I want to live by the word. It's, it's inspiration. And so uh, the only way that we have good works and that people can glorify God is if we live by the word. How will they know we're God's people if we're not living by his word? One man said, as far as the word of God was concerned, what God would speak, he said, I esteem the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. More than what I could eat. I know that I know that if I do not eat, if it comes down to a choice, I would rather have God speaking into my life than sitting down to my favorite meal. And not just my favorite meal, but what I need to live. I would rather have his word because his word abides forever. And if I live by the word, I'm going to abide forever. If I have that word in me, if I have obeyed that word and been born again by that word, because this seed, this being born in this life, that's corruptible. That means it's decaying. The outward man is perishing. It's, it's going away it's, it, every day. Daily, the outward man is perishing, but the inward man, he's renewed daily. It means he, he, he's not decaying. He's not losing. He's in continuance. He's going on because the new man comes from the word of God. I want to follow the path of scripture. You know, uh, when David wrote or the psalmist wrote, I have hid thy word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What he was saying is like, I've got your word here so I don't have to uh, collect the wages of sin, which is death. I have put your eternal word in my heart so that out of my heart uh, proceeds good things. Out of, the, uh, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, and all the things that man does, it comes out of the heart. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if he's got the word of God in his heart, that's why David was a man after God's own heart. Because the word was settled in his heart. His heart was fixed and it was settled on the word. And, and David knew that. As long as that eternal word's in there, I, I've hid it there so I won't sin against you. I, I don't want to be lost. Even, even David uh, would say, don't cast me away from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He, 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 you know, I don't want to be separated from God. And I don't want to be separated from God for eternity. But you know what's going to get me in the gate? You know what's going to help me to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant? Word. You know, we love that, that story where the master tells that, that servant that. But you know why that servant heard him say that? Because uh, when that talent was delivered to him, he knew what the master said. I'll be back. Here it is. He followed instructions. He took initiative, and he knew his master. One guy said, I'll just bury it and wait till he gets here. Didn't end up so well for him. But the one that heard him say, well done, good and faithful. Faithful to what? Faithful to God's word. If we didn't have the Bible, let me ask you, what would we be faithful to? If we didn't have scripture, what could we say be faithful faithful to God? And how? How can I be faithful to God if I don't have any instruction? How can I be faithful to God if I don't have any, uh, you know, I don't have a manual? I don't, what do you mean? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, you know. We wouldn't know what to do. If we knew there was a God 
And we knew that he was uh, the only way we could be saved. But he didn't give us any scripture. And there was no ministry. There was no preachers. And there would be this overwhelming uh, fear like, what do we do? I'm going to die. But I want to make sure I'm pleasing to God. But how can I be pleasing? Because nobody knows to preach because there's no word to tell people to preach. Uh, there's no story for us to read about Jesus uh, shedding his blood. There's no, no scripture for us to read that says, hey, you need to repent and be baptized and filled with the Spirit. There's, we don't know what to do. You need the word. How is it that we think we can get by or we can live for God without the word of God? When we say, I'm going to just live my life because God likes good people, we're saying, I don't need his word. That I can make it on my own merit. Hey, God, you know how good I am? You see what I do, man. I, I help people out. You know, I'm, I'm kind and stuff. And, you know, I might you know, do a little of this that every once in a while. But my good stuff outweighs my bad. And, and I know I don't have to go to church and things like that. You know what happens when people start getting away from the word? They start acting like uh, the things that they do are enough to be pleasing to God. They take the, the scripture that says, you know, what, so whatever your hands find to do, do it with your might or do it heartily as unto the Lord. And they say, well, you know what, man, they, they, they'll, they will take that so out of context and say, you know, uh, you know, my hobby that I do, I, I give God all the glory for it. And that's enough. I'll play baseball unto the Lord. Oh, you see, uh, you see them guys make a touchdown? <laughs> Acting like, yeah. All them doing that, I wonder how many of them going to church or tithing to the church. or. Oh, yeah, it, but it, it looks good. You know, they, they, got, they want the kids to like them. They want parents to say, hey, he's a good guy. Look at him thanking God. And maybe some of them are. But that, if they think that is going to get them to heaven because they scored a touchdown and Hey, if that's going to get us there, folks, on the count of three, let's go. <laughs> let's just all do it together, and we'll go. I'm not saying not to give God glory in things. But when people don't know the word or walk in the path of Scripture, then they start twisting these little Scriptures to fit their life and act like that's going to save them. And you can't do that. You can't. There is a time coming that this world will not be here. This world will not endure. Heaven and earth will pass away. But he said, but my word will not pass away. And so Peter writes this when he's talking about the coming of the Lord. He said, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Well, if we didn't have the word, we wouldn't even know that. He said, in which the heavens will pass away. Heavens getting going with a great noise, elements melt with fervent heat, the earth also works that therein shall be burned up. Everything you see, everything you can do or build or buy or purchase, it's going away. He said, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in all holy conversation, which means behavior and godliness? He said, since... Everything is going to disappear and we want to endure. What kind of person should you be right now in all holy behavior and godliness? Well, let me tell you, you can't be holy without the word. The only way you learn how to behave is through the word. 
The only way you can be exercise yourself unto godliness is through the word. By putting the word, I ain't talking about just reading it, but putting the word of God in action. Showing mercy, showing love, showing compassion. Praying, fasting, giving, testifying, helping people. That's what, that's, that's what, and all that is word. Those are things that the word teaches us to do. When we are born again by the word, it puts us on a path. And then we, Lord, order my steps in your word. Because anything other than his word is my way. And there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. Well, they can justify it. They can come up with all kind of things. uh, Saying why they have changed. And why they've gone their own way. New revelations. uh, New insight. New millennium, all these kind of things. We want to tell you something. The word don't change. It's it still reads just like it did when it was when it was written, and the meaning is still the same as it was. And if it ever said come out and be separate, it still means come out and be separate. And if it ever said be holy because he's holy, it still means that's exactly what it means. And without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Guess what? It's all in there. It don't change. We're on a path. He said there would be a highway there, a highway of holiness. But everybody don't walk that, walk that road. But when you go any other way than Scripture, it's your way. When you decide, hey, I, you know what, I think I, got, I found a shortcut. That's your way. And it may seem right to you. May seem like it's going to cut out some trouble. But he said the end of those ways always ends up in death. Because his word is life. When John wrote about in the beginning was the word. He said in him was life and the life was the light of men. Life. You know how life got, got here? Word. And God said let there be light. That's word. His word is light. Creation came from his word, animals, things in the sea, things in the sky, word, 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 word. And Adam's way, he created, yeah, but Adam was created from what he spoke. So even Adam was formed from what the word produced. And we are formed from what the word produced. When we are born again by the word, now we are formed by the word of God. And we've got to have it. Let me tell you, eternity's coming. And so I've hid your word in my heart to avoid something going wrong. And why it's so important to have it in your heart. Another place in Psalm 22 and 26, it says, Your heart shall live forever. It will somewhere. David said, I'll make sure it's living in the right place. If it's going to be somewhere forever, I want it to be in the right place. And the way to uh, make sure that happens is to... Make sure that I have your word hid in my heart. If we don't have the, have the word, how can we even pretend that we know him a little bit? How can you tell somebody about him when you don't know him? He is, oh, I love Jesus, do you? People say, oh, I love the Lord, I love Jesus, do you? He was the word made flesh and dwelt among us. I, so, uh, yeah, I love Jesus, but I don't read the Bible. 
When you let your Bible get dusty, that's like letting Jesus get dusty. That's, uh, you know, uh, so I got a good relationship with God. I just don't never read my Bible. It just can't happen. You can say it till you're blue in the face, but it can't happen. And you can even believe it and it not be true. You can be sincere, but be sincerely wrong. It ain't going to happen. You don't have a relationship with God without the Word of God. If you can't be born again by it, you sure can't hold hands with Him and have a relationship with Him without it. Need the Word of God. God's always let His people... When He called His people out of Egypt, He let them know time and time again... That now that I have delivered you from Egypt, I've got some things that you're going to have to do. There's some things that you're going to have to make sure you're up on. He told them uh, in Leviticus 11.45, he said, I am the Lord that has delivered you from Egypt. Be ye holy because I am holy. He told them, he said, since, I, I, since he did that, he said, I've got the authority to tell you now how to live. You lived one way in Egypt, and you lived a certain way and did certain things before I came and delivered you. But now that I have delivered you, here's what's going to happen. And he began giving uh, Moses the commandments. He gave him the Ten Commandments, but much more than the Ten Commandments. And they're now keeping the Passover, and they're doing things. And, and he said, this is how it's going to be. And he began to, you know, people say, well, all that Old Testament stuff, God's moral character never changes. He said, I'm the Lord, I change not. And all this about, uh, well, we're just going to accept and let uh, you know, homosexuals be here and just we're not going to say anything to them because God loves them. Just like, yes, he does love them, but the Bible still says it's an abomination. What, what, and it's forever settled. You can't change that. It's, it's there. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I have people that I know, I know them, that I have known them for years, and they are homosexuals. I wouldn't make them feel bad. I wouldn't punch them. I wouldn't downgrade them or anything like that. But if it came down to a conversation, I would have to say, well, here's what the Scripture says. And I can't and you can't change what Scripture says. We can't. We can't. All these things that, that people have, have thrown out because it's old, well, it's old Testament, things like that, it's God's moral character. Women looking like men, men trying to look like women. It ain't Bible. God, in the beginning, it says he created them male and female. He created them to be different. And so you, you, can't, you can't just change it because you want to. I mean, they've passed laws where they don't have, even have to put the, the sex of the child on the birth certificate anymore. Just leave it unknown. Let them decide when they get older. You don't get to decide. Whatever your body is, that's you. That's you. And so, but it, this is what I'm saying is that people are off the path of Scripture. The Bible said in the last days there would, there would come a famine in the land. It wouldn't be for bread and water, things like that, food. He said, but it will be for hearing of the word of God. People are not going to be, if they're not hearing it, then there's no more faith. There's no faith in him. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. Well, what are we supposed to love first? God. The Bible says to love God first and, and then to love our neighbor as ourselves. Those are the two greatest commandments. And he said, those two commandments are going by the wayside in the last day because sin and iniquity is going to be so bad. 
Scripture, the path of Scripture. The Word of God is, is like uh, it's our freedom. The Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. He said, sanctify us through thy truth, thy word is truth. So the word of God, there's no freedom without the word. People say, oh, the word just locks you up. It holds you down. No, it don't. It sets you free. It, it sets you free. There's a lot. People mistake it. They think freedom is just the ability to just do whatever I want to do. But see, uh, you ever seen that cartoon where this guy's like he's, like he's jumping over a fence and there's another guy saying, that ain't a fence, it's a guardrail. And he's going off a cliff. And it's, the guardrail says like word of God on it. Some people look at it as I'm fenced in. I can't do anything. But other people realize this keeps me from going astray. This ke- Before I was afflicted, David said I went astray. And sometimes we need that word to correct us, to reprove us, to instruct us so that we don't go astray. And so uh, I look at it as I'm free from attack. You know, if it's a fence, then it's keeping the enemy out. It's keeping the things that would knock me down out. You know, the word will protect you from a storm. Jesus said, there is a man that he builds his house, and when the storm comes, it just falls flat. He said, but a man that hears my word and does what I say, not just hears me, but obeys my word, said he's like a man that dug deep and got on a solid rock and the storms come and be, and it's all because of the word. It had nothing to do with his building skills. It was his attention to word. It was what he did with the word of God. And so I, I've told, I said something the other day. I said, our, our shortcomings and, and the way we look at ourselves does not make God's word ineffective. Sometimes you're nervous and feel like you stumble over your words and, and you don't know how to do certain things, but that don't change what God's word is. His word won't return void. And so sometimes we're a witness to somebody and we're talking to somebody. Let me tell you, the word won't return void. You say, well, I'm not eloquent. Paul said, I'm not eloquent either. Moses sure wasn't. You're going to have to get somebody else to talk. Tell them, Charlie. <laughs> Amen. So we, we need that word in our life. It's that, and we need to not just you know, hear it and not do anything about it. We don't need to, and we sure don't need to stop backing off of it because we're worried that it'll make us look old-fashioned or to make us look stuffy or not cool or not hip or we're not blending in or we're not in with the times. I don't want to be one of these emergent churches. I don't want to be one of these uh, charismatic churches. I don't want to be, I want to be holiness. I want to be apostolic. I want to be word of God. I want to be what the Bible says. This is what saved me. It gives me direction. It guides my feet. Thy word is a light under my path and a lamp under my feet. It, it gives me uh, the ability to see which way to step, which way to walk. It, it takes care of me. And it still does. It did then and it does now. And that word that oh, so many people followed so faithfully, they've turned away from it. And I'm going to tell you something. When you turn away from it, you're lost. You're lost. You're not unloved. 
You're not without hope, but you're lost. You know, I can uh, be driving somewhere and think, yeah, I know right where to go. They gave me directions, but I know where to go. And next thing I know, I'm like, I don't know where I'm at. You know what's going to help me get where I'm going? Look at the directions. Quit going off what I was so sure I knew about my shortcut, my way around, things like that. Just all other directions. Now I'm calling people, I'm going to be late. Why? Well, I decided to go this way. I told you which way to come. If you'd have just followed the directions, you'd be here now. It's going to happen to people. It's going to happen to people. God's ways. We've got to have them. We learn God's ways. We've got to do what God told us to do. He, he gives us direction in his word. How to live, how to act, how to care for people, how to help one another. Lay hands on the sick so they can recover. Ask anything in my name. It'll be done. Nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. There's great scripture in that. But what if you don't know that? See, people say, all they think the word's just about all the, the, the rules. And they forget about all the good things that are in there. I've gone away to prepare a place for you where I am. You may be also. Yeah. God should wipe away all tears from their eyes. You know. Uh, we're going to have a, a robe. Henceforth there is laid up for me a, a robe and a crown of righteousness. And not for me only, but all them. You know, there's it's, it's so many things in there that are so good and so wonderful that we think about. But we're going to miss all of that if we get off the path of Scripture. Because I don't, I don't get there any other way. Jesus said, like this, I'm the door. But he's also the word. That means that door, that word is the door. He's the word made flesh and I am the door. In other words, he said, anybody that goes any other way, they're a thief and a robber. If they come in any other way, he said, you've got to come in through me. Got to. Got to. You can't change it. You can't do it. So, oh, you could take out pieces of scripture and read them and you could build up a whole new religion off one book of scripture. You could just say, hey, look, this is what he said right here. Let's just be this. And people would buy into it because they want the easy way. They want what's, uh, what doesn't require any sacrifice. What doesn't cause me to have to, to give up anything in my flesh or in my life. But listen, there ain't nothing that I've let go of or given up that I've just grieved over or cried over and thought, how could God take that from me? Instead, I'm like, Lord... Take whatever it is. If there's anything, when you see anything in me, get rid of it. If there's anything here that needs to go, get rid of it. Because I do not want to be lost. I don't want to be lost. And so, this attitude that people have, they will, nobody's going to tell me what to do, not even God. Let me tell you, God, He's going to do what He's going to do without asking my approval or opinion or anything. But his word is just going to stand. And, and, and when we're judged, what do you think we're going to be judged by? By his word. It's not, he's not going to pull out some rule book that we've never seen. He's not going to pull up something and say, oh, you didn't know about this. Then he wouldn't be a righteous judge. He wouldn't be sovereign. He would, but, he's, but instead, he, he's going to 
See, you're going to be judged by this word, by the word of God. And so I don't want to just say, well, we had signs and wonders and miracles and him say, I never do you. Because there's a lot more to living for God than signs and wonders and miracles. Some of the greatest miracles go unnoticed. And it's the compassion that you have on somebody. It's the love that you show to somebody. It's the mercy that you extend. It's not a miracle unless people's kicking wheelchairs out the door. That's awesome. But what if they get up and can walk and then are still lost? That don't, that don't do anybody any good. Lord, I've got a miracle in my life. That's awesome. But you never sought me. You never showed back up. I've seen people get miracles and never see them back in church again. I've seen people praying for things. i got to go before the judge and I could get seven, eight, ten years in jail. Man, we prayed and prayed and prayed about it. Come back said, man, they let me off. A little bit of probation. That was it. Didn't see them in church no more. So I, I'm telling you, folks, they love to think God's that genie in the bottle. And that he's just, all I got to do is snap my fingers and he's going to do something because he, he's a good God and he's a loving God. And then, and then if he don't answer, I don't even know if he's real. Right. Why would he let this happen? I uh, I'm getting off where I'm going. Getting off where I'm going. And we're we're about to be done here anyway. So we need this this word. We need to love the word. And not just you know, I, I'm all you know, we love church. I love services. I love man, I love that man our music is is to me it's better than anybody on planet earth and we love the spirit of the lord that moves in here and people shout and worship i love when people are talking in tongues and people are just having a great time celebrating in the lord i love it but as wonderful and as ordained and anointed as all that is none of that is what gets us born again we're born again by the word But God blessed us to have all that other stuff. And all that other stuff's in the Word. So it's important. And it's great. And it sure helps. And man, it makes you feel good. It runs your dry cleaning bill up. But hey, I wouldn't, that's all right. That's all right. But we need to love the word and honor the word and live by the word. People have died for this word. Have given everything for this word. Have sacrificed their lives. Been burned at the stake. Beheaded. All these things. If you ever read Fox's book of martyrs. It will make you go pray and say Lord I am so ashamed of myself. That I have ever complained about one thing. That I ever act like I was embarrassed to witness or see anything. These people, you know, washed their hands in the flames as they gave their life for preaching the word. One great thing, and I'm going to end with this, is that the word of God, if you read it and study it, then the word will keep you from being deceived. 
And Jesus said, when this thing starts shaking out, he said, when it comes down to the end, the first thing he said, be not deceived. Let no man deceive you. Let no man deceive you. He said, when it starts shaking, when this world starts going, let no man deceive you, saying, Christ is here, Christ is there. He said, you make sure, and maybe that's why Paul said, don't let anybody spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, not after Christ. He said, you need to make sure you know that word. And so when we understand and pursue the spiritual disciplines and the, the freedom instructions that, that God gives us in his word, we have that, like that old song says, that blessed assurance because I, I know. And see, that's why I said, you, you've come too late to tell me that I don't, that there's no power in the name of Jesus. You've come too late to tell me that uh, you don't have to be born again. Uh, I've, I've seen what it's like trying to live for God without uh, actually obeying the word. It don't last. We have people come in and get excited. Oh, I love y'all's people. Man, I just love y'all's people. I love this energy here. But they never obey scripture. They ain't here long. Because yeah. there's something else to get their attention. They don't even go to another church. They just, they just find something else to do because well, it ran its course. Because they never fulfilled what was going on. They, you talk to them about, well, I'm just not there yet. I'm, just, I'm not sure about that. Or, yeah, I, oh, I believe the Lord. I'm saved. Okay. Okay. You know, what can you do? You can't choke it into them. Or if you could do it, when people knelt at the altar, you just get on the head. I mean, you got it. Some people try to make it happen like that anyway. It used to be anyway. It ain't, ain't as prevalent as it used to be, but we was in a service one night when I first got in church, and they must have been, tw- I don't know how 20 people had their hands on me at once. Brother Larry, they pulling me from this side to that side, and one of the brothers that was with us, he said, "I just stood back there," and he said, "He said, I, he said, I wasn't in that crowd." He said, "I was back there praying they'd let you go," <laughs> and I said, yeah, and, "Or that you would survive, because it was, it was shake, rattle, and roll." I promise you, honey, you can come to the music. You know, it's funny how the world will take little things from, you know, the life of God. And, you know, they, they want to, there's some little things they, they, they you know, they, they realize that this is a good thing. But it's like, I just want to cherry pick it. I want to. And if you were to do a search of book titles with the word Bible in it, this is what you get. The Screenwriter's Bible, Guitar Chord Bible, the Rock Bass Bible, the Drummer's Bible, Real Estate, Wholesaling Bible, Sales Bible, Freelancer's Bible, Breakup Bible, the Windows 10 Bible, the Wine Bible, the Cannabis Grow Bible, the Barbecue Bible, the Pizza Bible, the Juicing Bible, the Yoga Bible, the Triathletes Training Bible, the Online Dating Bible, the Beekeeper's Bible, the Cyclist Training Bible, Shooter's Bible, and the New Baseball Bible. Why do they use Bible? These titles, 
they put that in there because the author or publisher wants to communicate that this book has absolutely everything that the reader needs to know on the subject. They're saying this is the definitive collection. Holy Bible. The definitive collection on what it takes to be holy. If you look up the definition for Bible, one definition for the word is a publication that is preeminent, especially in authoritiveness or wide readership. Everything we need to know, this is the Bible. This is the Bible. Anything I need to know, it covers it. There ain't nothing you're going to face in life that's not covered in here. It's in there. Let's stand together. So as we're practicing to be perfect, practice makes perfect, makes us complete, helps us to be everything that he called us to be, we cannot forget the Word. And so if you're one of those that say, well, I'm just not a big reader, you either need to learn or you need to get some kind of audio Bible you need to get something where you are getting some word in you get some word in you because eventually if you stay away from the word long enough you can't even pray right because your relationship is, is it's not right it's not functioning right when you don't have some word this is let me tell you It ain't just prayer, but this is how you spend time with God. Order my steps in your word. Speak to me through your word. Praise the Lord. So let's lift our hands tonight together and let's thank God for the word. And let's make a commitment. Lord, I'm going to do more. I'm going to do my best to get some more word. I'm going to do my best to live closer to your word. Lord, tonight in the name of Jesus, we know, God, that we have, Lord, been so blessed to be given this word that is forever settled in heaven. Lord, I pray tonight that we'll search it, that we'll pray it, that we'll live it, and God, that we'll stick close to it, cling to this word. Tonight, Lord, wash us with the word. Strengthen us with your word. Encourage us with your word. Correct us, whatever it takes, Lord, through your word. And we're going to praise you for it. And we love you for it. And we're thankful for the word tonight. In Jesus' name. Give him a hand clap of praise in this house tonight. Thank the Lord. Love his word. Great to see you in here tonight. Brother Freddie, it's good to see you, man. I look back there. These lights kind of brighten my eyes. I'll see you now. Good to see you. Appreciate the Lord tonight. Thank you for being in Wednesday night Bible study. You be careful when you get out on these roads tonight. Be might be kids running around, might be people acting foolish, whatever. Just watch yourself. Be careful and be safe. And we'll see you Sunday, Saturday. Saturday. Let me make this announcement. Saturday, one to three. Don't forget the Autumn County Fair. Going to have all kind of food. I think Kona Ice Truck, they're going to be here. Uh, 
hay rides and games and all kind of things going on. Petting zoo. Petting zoo. Come on, pet you a goat and something, whatever else they got. Have a good time. Invite somebody to come. We want to have a great crowd. It's going to be a good time.